0: Welcome everyone to the first ever slab stock show. You've heard our voices across many different podcasts and YouTube videos in the past slab stocks lives. But today we are releasing our first ever show where Nate and I will come on once a week. And this will, will release every Thursday for you all to watch and get all the latest news updates, market trends in the hobby. Nate, I'm pumped for this new show. Thanks for joining me. I know that digging corners is now not going to be its own standalone show. But I know we'll have plenty of corners, information coming throughout the shows in the future, too.
1: As uh, somebody who struggles with off-season content because there's no baseball news, especially right now with the lockout, I welcome the change because that means I can talk about other things and not always baseball, though I love baseball. I love baseball. Uh, it's nice to have a little breath of fresh air, talk about a little football, a little basketball, you know.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Because I like all
1: sports, just like you.
0: Yeah, exactly. I mean... Well, obviously, you collect baseball cards mostly. I collect soccer cards mostly. I think we very much so look at all the different markets and how the prices move all the time. So it'll be fun for us to get out there and talk about everything in general. And um, I'm very excited for you all to be here. So come back every single week on Thursday on YouTube or on podcast to watch or listen to this episode. And uh, we're going to be doing different segments. So each week we'll have a general news segment. Uh, we'll also have a different market trend segment and then also a debate each week. And then we'll throw in different segments along the way. We'll do some mailbag. We'll do some community outreach. Uh, I'm very excited for this new show. And uh, Nate, ready to jump in it with some general news? Yeah. So uh, this week for
1: our general news, we've got two big acquisitions. So sometimes, you know, general news might be a card. Sometimes it might be a, a release. And there are some releases to talk about this week, but there was two huge acquisitions this week. One being Card Ladder, our friends at Card Ladder being acquired by PSA Collectors Universe, Nat Turner. Um, it didn't give any prices on what they were collected or <laughs> bought for, you know, on, purchased it. for, but I assume it's a big amount. And congratulations to them. It'll be interesting to see what Collectors Universe, PSA, and Card Ladder can do together. Um, I did see a funny meme by Lameem James where he said uh, when the card ladder up or when the PSA upcharge guy finds out that he's out of a job because of card ladder. So I am curious to see if they actually end up using it in that way. It was pretty funny, though. So So, uh, shout out card ladder for their being acquired. And then also dibs.io dibs Dibs was acquired or raised funding through Amazon. Not acquired, but raised funding through Amazon. Um, Again, no price on that bad boy. Uh, But it is interesting to see a major, major, major player like in Amazon get into the sports card space. Obviously, you can buy and sell cards on Amazon. But until this point, I hadn't heard anything like this. And Dibs.io is a fractional space where you can buy and sell fractions of cards. Amazon has gotten in on that. I am curious to see where they go from there with the backing of Amazon should be massive.
0: Yeah. Very interesting. I want to go back really quick to your point about the, the upcharge at PSA, cause I'm not sure everyone knows what the upcharge is potentially at PSA. So for PSA, they have different levels of submissions based on the declared value of your card. And if you submit a card, let's say it's $5,000 card, you submit it through a submission tier like express where you pay $150, but the maximum value is 2,500. If they see fit, they will upcharge your service level to the Super Express and charge you $300 for your card. And you don't have any say in if it does or if it doesn't. It's really up to them. And I submit four Mbappe Silvers back when they were like $10 a piece. When I got them back, they were $4,000 PSA 10s. I submit them at the $8 per grading or $10 per grading. And I didn't get upcharged. So wow. I think that now going forward, if that were to happen in a similar situation, The old car ladder database would be like red flag, red flag, charge this guy $500 a card or something like that. But that is what it is for those who don't know. Um, But Nate, thanks for giving us our weekly news. And now we will be talking about the power of the pop one because we had two huge sales in the last month. The first one going through the PWCC fixed marketplace. It was a 2015 Revolution LeBron James Galactic case hit PSA 10. Now, this is a pop one, meaning there's only one PSA 10 in in existence of this card, and there's only three total graded by PSA. I'm sure there's a few by Beckett, but these are extremely rare. It's probably one of the most sought-after non-numbered cards that Panini has put out there um, in their existence because if you think about other non-numbered cards, you're probably going back to like 2012 Silvers. I can pretty much guarantee you a 2012 Silver LeBron PSA 10 is not selling for $60,000, which this revolution galactic PSA 10 sold for on November 10th. I think it was. And recently, a few days ago, the Stephen Curry galactic PSA 10, it went on to eBay two and a half weeks after the LeBron sold. I'm sure whoever owned it saw a $60,000 sale. Let me throw it on eBay auction. I think that it probably should have went somewhere like a high-end auction house, like a PWCC. And it ended up selling for $30,000 or $31,000 via eBay. So no slouch price at all. But the funny thing is that this card is also a pop one. These cards are so tough to grade. And there's only three graded total of uh, Stephen Curry also through PSA. And I just think that's extremely newsworthy and noteworthy because these are most likely some of the highest selling non-numbered Panini NBA cards, non-rookie cards that there have been. Um, of course, you get the golds of 10 from 2012 Prism and 2013 Prism of these two guys that will probably rival these or far exceed them if it's a 2012 Prism Gold. I uh, like the LeBron at one point sold for 50,0 000 some dollars, if I remember correctly, through golden months and months and months back. But the whole point is is for a non-numbered case to insert, this is huge, huge sale prices. Nate, how many times we talk about the 15th year cards of Tom Brady selling for even five thousand dollars and now even LeBron card from 2015 that sells for 60 grand. I you know this is
1: my biggest pet peeve you know it is i know it is um i get that it's a super short print i get it i don't know how many there are but i imagine there's probably 20 or less
0: that's why i was thinking too
1: um and obviously psa 10 you know they probably haven't all been pulled and the psa 10 even bumps up that 20 or less to one or (laughs) one so i get why people want it but man there's a lot of cards i'd rather have for sixty thousand dollars a lot of other things I'd rather have for sixty thousand dollars than a twenty fifteen Revolution was was Revolution twenty fifteen Revolution first year of Revolution
0: correct. So your first big rookie Galactics are Towns, Jokic, and Devin Booker. Okay. Uh, that's that.
1: Um, because there was a box that sold December first of Revolution Hobby Basketball for five hundred twenty nine dollars. Five hundred thirty oh, dollars. I'd, I'd buy that. Feels like an absolute on on eBay. Uh, there's no uh, ones for sale right now, but that feels like an absolute steal, considering you have a shot at potentially a $60,000 card. How often can you say that for that small of a price?
0: And for those wondering, like when I say case hit out of revolution, I'm 99% sure that these were one per half case. And master cases were 16 boxes. And then within the 16 box master case, there are two inner cases at eight boxes per case. I'm pretty sure you get one per eight box case while well, the odds aren't like fantastic to have your one box be the one out of the eight, and then if inside that box is a LeBron or Curry, still, I mean, you hit any notable player, and you're even Kevin Durant. You're talking multiple thousands of dollars. Anyone that is noteworthy in any regard is going to be probably a thousand to three thousand dollar PSA nine or ten, depending on how good the players. You have Booker or Curry or LeBron or Towns or Jokic. And you're talking massive, massive, massive hit. But five fifty doesn't seem bad at all considering 2016 was what Nate, like 350, $400 or some a box. Uh how much Three hundred to 350? I mean, you don't have to look right now. I'm like
1: 99% sure it is, but something like that. Yeah. yeah. And and how many boxes can you buy nowadays? I mean, uh last year's last year's Prism football with gigantic, gigantic checklist, thousand dollars a box.
0: Yeah yep and i think the other interesting uh point here is is that these are super rare so these are not like taken by the masses you know it's not like that this is a majority driven card when we talk about like, prism silvers this is like a less than one percent of the buyers out there are buying these things and i think for a long time you had huge revolution galactic collectors i know of a few out there that just have massive massive collections of these things but to get to the point where you get one to sell for 60 grand you need new people to come in and start buying them. And I'd be very intrigued to see what these two sales do to Revolution as a product in general because I myself am a huge fan of Revolution. I actually think it's one of the best panini basketball sets that they put out. I have a Carl Towns rookie autograph I've had for four or five years now because I love the set so much. Nate right there has got a Ben Simmons Infinite in front of him. Uh, and oh, they're going to pull out our other special one.
1: <laughs> oh, well, I
0: can it wasn't on top of the pile, so. And uh, he's got a he's got a Dejounte Murray sunburst rookie off seventy five there, but uh man, I I love the set and I think it's going to get a lot of respect now from this. I I think that there are a lot of new collectors that are like, oh, Revolution gross and stuff, and it just comes out early in the year and it's not Prism Select or Optic. Now, I mean, I've been collecting for a long time and I've been buying Revolution since two thousand sixteen. I never ripped a twenty fifteen box, but twenty sixteen I did, and. Uh, I love it, but I get why people don't like it, too. You know how they are um, when it comes to what sells for money. That's that's generally where people gravitate to, which we just talked about on Monday's YouTube Live with our voting for top brands. And Revolution yeah. would, wouldn't have even made the top four or five, probably.
1: Get this, Aaron. I just put a Jaron Jackson Jr. Now, I know Jaron Jackson hasn't been like the best player in his brief NBA career, mainly due to injuries. Though the Grizzlies are on a five-game win streak, despite the fact that John Morant is out, which bears the question... Is John Moran overrated? I saw that. What was it? They've they've led for 20 quarters in a row without John Morant. Of course, you know, they played the Raptors without OG Ananobi. They played the Heat without Bam Adebayo, though. They still had Jimmy Butler and Kyle yeah. Lowry and Tyler here on those guys. They played the um, Mavericks without Luca. beat the Mavericks by seven, without Which is Luka a terrible else. team. <laughs> so, yeah, um, so they're not exactly beating the cream of the crop here. But they are 5-0 and oh without Ja Morant, which I do find interesting. But <clears throat> I digress. Uh, Jaron Jackson Jr., 2018 Revolution Cosmic, number to 100, BGS95. Put it in the budget section today.
0: No, like you didn't. How much part. is that? Like 100 and some dollars? It's like 120 bucks, Bro, I buy that all day.
1: I know. Like, seems like a great, great deal. Hey, so the if, Cosmics, if, if the this these revolution sales managed to prop up revolution. I don't know if it will, because obviously there's a ton of cards in the hobby and these are just super, super rare. But if there is potential that this props up, then somebody like Jaron Jackson, Jr. One of his better rookie revolution cards already graded BGS nine, five 120 bucks. It seems like absolute steal.
0: Dude, not to mention silver PSA 10 pop of JJJ is over a thousand for PSA 10s probably or just right around there. I mean, Lucas is upwards of 2000. but Of course, Lucas' is super expensive. Some more were graded. But that that is like all day buy for me. And if I were to be an investor in basketball rookies, I would want, and I I have looked in them. I have never really like went out there and bought a multi hundred dollar rookie of some of these guys just because I've been buying soccer cards. But your Trey, your Shay, those type of guys, man, I'd be looking all day at the Revolution numbered cards because that is like, that's the highest numbered card out of 2018 Revolution is Cosmic of 100. <laughs> You've got a billion parallels in Prism. Why not get a better looking card that's? More rare and cheaper. Mm -hmm. I love that. That's a good thought right there. Uh, But hey, enough of the revolution talk, probably, because people are like, hey, let's get on a product that more people care about, which is Mosaic Basketball. Mosaic Basketball released the hobby version on Wednesday. No, sorry, Friday of last week. And we already have a lot of sales hitting eBay. Um, and there's a lot of sales to talk about. So it did release on December 3rd. First off the line came out before that. First off the line has different swirl exclusives, which I think look ugly. I'll show them on the screen here for you as you're watching. Not a fan of the swirls at all. Pinks are numbered out of 11. And then Lamella Ball, the first couple sales that came out, his base rookie card sold for 50 bucks. You could buy a Prism rookie card right now for 35. When 2020 Optic release the base rookies the first sale was like two hundred dollars dude <laughs> those things are like Yeesh. 15 to 20 dollars right now and like uh, waste their money yeah I mean this happens every every single release no matter what sport it is the first few cards just sell for stupid values and then I make a post about it and every single time I remind people hey don't buy right- wing products to release and then there's always those few people like, well, maybe they want to grade them and capture the, the better cards first. Well, there's definitely no saying that that card you're buying just because the first on eBay is a PSA 10 or anything. And even if, the, even at that, once you grade it for now $150 a PSA, uh, it's not even worth probably the cost to grade one in like two months or a month. Um, and just to speak about what the prices are selling for now so LaMelo based rook, rookies have fallen uh, up to today, which is on December 7th for $20 to $30 a base, which is still too high because of the simple fact that retail has not hit the shelves yet from what I'm aware, or at least it hasn't hit the shelves in large capacity at all. So imagine a $20 to $30 mosaic lamella ball rookie when like a handful of hobby boxes have been ripped between Friday and today. Now imagine two weeks later when all the more hobby boxes are ripped. All the breakers get their cases who don't get them on release day. All the retail gets released then the team all. Nate, what are we talking about? A five dollar mosaic base rookie? Prob- prob-
1: probably less. Probably I mean, less. I guess if it's Lamello, sure, but like yeah. look at what look at what the select rookies of um top NFL quarterbacks do when they yeah, when I mean, they overprinted it. <laughs> yeah, and now look at what it does, and now add mosaic on top of that. I can't imagine there's gonna be much sustainability there.
0: Yeah, that's a, that's a good point. And his silver, non-graded, just sold the other day for $525. That was one of the only silver sales. Now, if you compare that to last year, and look right now. I'm not saying look last year, like when this set came out. Uh, John Morant's PSA 10 silver from Mosaic, rookie. The last sale was $320 in auction. Lamello's non-graded, just sold for $525, which is crazy. Now, look back at the base rookie cards. Zion's PSA 10 base right now sells for $50. John Moran sells for $45 to $50. You're talking about like a $50 base PSA 10 when the first couple of this set started to sell for $50. Even the ones selling for $20, do not buy them. Do not spend $20 to $30 on Mosaic-based lamella Ball Rookie. I generally say, hey, do your own research and and don't listen to what we say Just with, with just hearing it and going and doing it. But if you're going to do anything and listen to today's thing is don't go and buy lamella ball-based rookie for 20 to thirty 30 i on Mosaic. I think they can pretty much certainly say that these will be half the value or less in two weeks' time. Someone even commented on the Instagram post and told me, hey, mark a reminder and update this post so you can try to prove what you said. <laughs> Sorry, I have proven what I've said with hoops and optic and prism this year. <laughs> but I'll do it again. I like it. Um, and then there's there's more. There's more sales here that are just going to be i guess eye popping to say the least lamella ball raw blue rookie number out of 99 now the blue rookies number out of 99 look great in mosaic i think that they're really good looking cards but a lamella ball just sold for one thousand two hundred dollars non-graded on november 22nd a john moran blue out of 99 bgs 9.5 sold for 800 a 9.5 after grading John Moran, who's been having a fantastic season. Of course, he's been out for the last couple weeks. And I know that it's probably not the best of him. John Morant's name when Nate's like, oh, well, they've just won 20 straight quarters and beat five teams in a row, whatever. Also, but also is
1: John Morant's net rating is like negative seven.
0: All right, whatever. John it's Moran. Terrible defensively. Yeah, he's, yeah but so, so is the other Trey Young and all those other guys that sell well in the hobby. You know, Trey Young's net rating in the last three years has probably been terrible too. Um, <clears throat> I'll let you know. Nate will look as I speed more sales here. Zion PSA 9. Oh, sorry. Moving on to the next card. Now, this is the Anthony Edwards pink first off the line. Numbered out of 11. The Raw sold for $2,500. No, it did not sell. There is a Raw one on auction that has two. that's at $2,500 with one day left. Nate, did you hear that? I know you're looking at something. There's a raw Anthony Edwards, first off the line, pink swirl, numbered out of 11, on auction with a day left at $2,500 right now. Get this. A John Moran PSA 10 sold over the summer for 1825 Zion's PSA 9 sold on May 9th for 980 There's pink a swirl. raw... Huh? Pink swirl? Yeah. All of them were numbered out of 11. There's a raw Edwards at 2500 A national pride. A national pride, the subset. Pink of... 11, sold for $3,000 on December 5th of Anthony Edwards. The one out of the subset. Goodness gracious. <laughs> oh, my goodness gracious. I love Anthony Edwards more than a lot of people out there maybe. I mean, I know a lot of people like him. I'm a huge fan, and I just am just baffled by that. There's also a Mosaic Lamella Ball gold auto-numbered out of 10, which is currently at – what is that at? It's at five thousand some 5,900 right now with the day left. It is a live autograph, though. He, uh, most of his autographs are redemptions, but those are live. And I am just like, holy cow, these sale prices and bids right now are so big on this set. And coming up, really by the time you watch this episode on Thursday, it's going to be the day before, Panini one in one basketball releases, which I think is a great set. I also wouldn't recommend buying those within the first week or two after the boxes are open, but it's a great set. High-end cards, big inserts, big insert autographs, on-card patch autographs. I think if you're going to take your money anywhere in the month of December and buy new basketball rookies, which are actually old basketball rookies considering we're in the 2021 season now, and these are Lamella Ball and Anthony Edwards rookies, I would take your money and buy one and one versus Mosaic. And whenever Nate gets his Trey Young stats, you can throw them out here so he can join the discussion again. <laughs> oh, I, I have him. Uh, right. Trey Young. Oh. Oh. He, he thought he had him.
1: Well, he's He's negative. The, the page is being wacky now, but he was like negative 6.9 this year, net rating, and negative 4 point something
0: last year, but then positive the two years before that. Interesting. Interesting. And last year, I'd say he gained more market value than ever, probably. Yep. Well, John Morant's gained more market value this year than probably ever. Exactly. But, that is but true.
1: it is interesting that when he's on the court, they basically lose 7 points per they lose seven points, like they give up yeah, seven yeah, more points yeah. I mean, than they do gain offensively.
0: Well, so sh- should Bobby Portis be worth more than John Morant? Now,
1: uh, you know what I'm saying. All I'm
0: saying is it's interesting. it's interesting. I know. I'm just trying to make you. I'm just trying to make something out of nothing. Um. All right, but back to the mosaic thing. I. I was a big advocate for Mosaic last year because it was in its first year of its own brand. Panini used to do Prism Mosaic from 2016 to 2018, so three years, and then they'd start uh, Panini Mosaic in 2020. And I was trying to look back at the trends of Panini, or sorry, Prism Select and Optic, and it really took until the third year for most of those sets to take off. So we were in the first year last year, I was thinking, all right, you know, get in early. Uh, They just released the Genesis Parallel for retail, which I think that's huge because whenever you can apply a chase card to retail that isn't like overproduced. It makes people want to buy it. It makes it valuable. And I thought that was really smart. I thought the stained glass inserts were really smart in a hobby, make another chase card. And then this year came out and this year came out during the 2021 season after a quarter of it. And I think at least for now in the short term, it's really killed the mosaic proposition because I and I think Nate was maybe in the same boat. I loved Mosaic football. Mosaic football had like a 100-card checklist, right, compared to like a 300-card checklist for Prism.
1: And it was like, what, 30 rookies, 35 rookies? Yeah,
0: and, and it was the first set that released outside of your Prism draft picks and stuff like that. It was the first major set of the year that were released for football. And I scooped up a couple of Jonathan Taylor rookies. We ripped a ton of Mosaic cellos, and, and I really loved the product. And I thought it was a really great timing for people to actually be able to buy rookie cards of players who are early in their career that you can buy, flip, grade, whatever it is. When it's like the last product of the year that comes out right before Immaculate and Flawless and 1-1, one and one, there's no desire for this. It's like you already have all your Prism, Optic, Select, Contenders. All that stuff has been released. And then you have Mosaic.
1: So you're saying... Mosaic is a nice appetizer, not a nice dessert.
0: That is 100% what I'm saying. If this was the first product released of the year, like if this release was the 2021 Mosaic, Cade Cunningham, first Pistons rookie, and Jalen Suggs' first Magic rookie, I think we'd be talking about this in a completely different way than if it comes out after all the major products and into the next season. I know COVID production issues pushed all the releases back, but either way, it's just too late. And I think that the attention span is going to be next to nothing for this. I really worry for people spending all this money on these rookie cards this year specifically. If you're buying 2019 rookies at like a really good floor right now, I wouldn't be as worried about that. I'm more worried worried about these new cards we're releasing right now that are probably way overproduced, too much condition issues. And I really think that it's probably a big pass for me. Um, as of right now. If you go three months from now and you're trying to scoop cards on the cheap. Maybe send some to SGC, see if you can make 50 bucks here, 60 bucks there. Seems like a way better proposition because there are going to be cards out there you can't grade. Um, I would I would really ignore this set until, I mean, I, I think once 2021 PRISM releases, like the new the new guys, like Cade's first Pris, uh, Pistons, PRISM rookie. If you look back at this set and you can grab Lamello Silver rookies for like, this sounds crazy right now, but it might not be that crazy three months, four months from now for like $75, $60, $75 and then right now they're 550, buy it, grade it, see if you can get a 10, make like 100 bucks, through rest grade. grading. Like, that makes sense to me. Does it not to you? Yeah. I mean, it, if,
1: if, if, big if, if the value drops low, but you got to imagine you're correct once the new class comes in, and Cade played well, and Cade played really well last night, uh, 28 points, like 11 rebounds, five assists, something like that. Yeah. Um, was amazing last night, been amazing his last four games no longer a bust. People declared him a bust after three games can confirm no longer a bust. Um, <laughs> is that crazy? Is that just stupid? That's a little tongue-in cheek for me because I was irritated by the fact that people would t- watch a guy that just came out, came off an injury, played his first two career games and was really bad historically bad offensively out of as a number one pick. but still, new league injury all that and he was instantly a bust like there's no there's no wait period for anybody anymore if you're not Juan Soto instantaneously you're trash
0: you remember Do you remember when Wander Franco was a bust
1: too yeah Wander Franco was a bust Vlad was a bust Otani bust you know so it's like it's like you got to give people time you had to give Cade time Cade has been given time he didn't even need that much time and now he's a stud Um, And so when, and I know he plays for the Pistons and that's kind of disappointing, but when his new cards come out, I think you hit it on the head. These mosaic cards will be left in the dust. Nobody will care because they're not the new thing. LaMelo is not the new thing. Anthony Edwards is not the new thing. It is Kate Cunningham.
0: Right. I agree with that. And last point on the mosaic discussion, we'll move on with today's episode into the trending players and uh, trending players and card segment is the mosaic stained glass from this set nate i know you've seen them i've seen them i'll put them on the screen right now for everyone else to see the 2019 set had a, had a design like a cathedral as nate said before the episode 2020 is literally just like the full stained glasses behind the card. um i don't know i think it's probably a personal preference thing i feel like this year's design versus last year's but what i do know is i read and you know this is just something i read this is like when nate's talking about we see a rumor about mpj um I read that these things are way more frequently hit this year than last year. And we've only seen five to six days of product released and ripped and listed on eBay, but there's already been eight listed on eBay currently right now, as of this recording of Luca and seven that have sold. Now they started selling around $750 and very quickly, the auctions have now dropped to 430 on this year's mosaic stained glass of Luca last year's 2019. The Raw currently sells for 375. The PSA 10 sells for 850. Now, if you know how the market works, generally speaking, a second year card is going to outsell a third year card. Really, no matter what it is, depending on if it's a similar comparison. I'm not talking about like a one of one thirty year versus a silver second year. Obviously, that's different. But this is a similar comparison. And right now, the third year Lucas stained glass is outselling the the raw from the second year by 70 bucks and the more they get ripped the more it get released the for the further these are going to fall if a PSA 10 second year is selling for 850 and this is the first year mosaic stained glass last year so a little bit different too man you gotta wait to buy you gotta wait to buy Nate what do you think of the design what's your what what's your do you like more
1: you know what it looks like to me what you know the jam masters from last year
0: I was literally just gonna say that yeah that's I agree
1: yeah it and looks that's like... why go ahead Oh, I was just gonna say it looks. It looks like they just took that that graphic and made it more stained glass and call it a day.
0: Yeah, and and I actually uh, thought when I saw the first mosaic stained glass from last year or the, from this year that it like wasn't the case. Hit stained glass. Now they made they forced it to be stained glass. The mosaic jam masters looks like it because of the mosaic pattern on it. It's mm-hmm. not because it's got the stained glass design in it. But uh, either way. Interesting, and we'll see how they perform uh, going throughout the year. Nate, any last thoughts on Mosaic? It's a nice appetizer, but
1: you're right. I'm And, and I will admit, if I walk into Target or Walmart or Walgreens, um, Dollar Tree, any place that has cards nowadays, Hobby Lobby, Casey's General Store, uh, can I come up with any more off the top of my head? Oh, I saw some Meyer. Pokemon tins in High V the other day. Oh, man. Um, wherever you walk in, if I were to walk past Mosaic, I'd still buy it. Yeah, it makes sense. And so it's retail so, pricing. Yeah, that's that. That's the thing. If 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 I see it and it's out there and it's retail, I'm still going to buy it no matter what it is, unless it's like NBA hoops. Yeah. So I guess from that standpoint, I'm all for Mosaic.
0: But from the standpoint of buying a singles, you're so far out. Yeah. Same. Time for some who's hot, who's not. So we've got two players say, one that's hot, one that's not, of course. And Nate, who is the hot player of the week? Old the snake himself. Kevin
1: Durant. Kevin Durant uh. is as hot as any well, well, Steph Curry. Steph Curry's hot, though. This last week was a little tough for him because he went up against Michael Bridges and the Suns and Michael is in a world of his own defensively, but Kevin Durant is as hot as anybody. He is as playing as well as he ever has at age thirty three. Twenty eight point six points a game, seven point seven rebounds, five point five assists. Um, impressive. What's more impressive? He's a big game hunter, so he's played four games on Sundays this year, and he's That's averaging thirty one point three points a game. Five rebounds, four point eight assists, and averaging a plus minus of 17.2, an offensive rating of 133 and a defensive rating of 108. By far the best uh day of his week, Sunday. So you're telling
0: me you're telling me a list of your Kevin Durant cards to end on a Sunday that he plays? Yep, pretty much. He plays really well on Sundays and really well really poorly on Tuesdays. He has a 107
1: offensive rating on Tuesdays and a 121 defensive rating dang that's crazy that's
0: crazy is that all the stats you got for me that's what i got that's, right, that's what, what nate has got Scott. that's the stat section so it's 2007 tops chrome refractor rookie numbered out of 1499 bgs 9.5 recently sold for ten thousand dollars on november 30th that is up 20.48 percent over the last month so hottest player in the in the nba around there and his uh High-end refractor rookie 9.5 has moved up 20% in the last month, which is substantial. That's a lot. And um, that is the hot player. I would be curious to see if
1: we can go back and see sales of this and see what it does on days where he played on a Sunday and had a really good game and days where he plays and see sales on other
0: days where it doesn't and see if there's any correlation. I think that we have Nate's next Instagram post. Kevin Durant's Sunday feast. I like it. I got to imagine that would be a real pain in the butt to figure out. Have fun. (laughs) (laughs) All right, well, for the not player, we're we're, we're deviating from basketball, moving to football. I haven't talked about a whole lot of football today, but, dude, this guy has been pretty brutal along with the whole team this year. Daniel Jones is the not player of the week. Nate, why is he the not? Give me the stats.
1: I have a question for you. Yes, sir. How many touchdowns does – jonathan taylor have this year uh just gonna guess like 16 total i believe it is 18 i didn't look it up i saw it yesterday i i'm pretty sure it was 18 that's a lot (laughs) daniel jones in the last two years in a combined 25 games has thrown 21 touchdowns dude jt's gonna pass that once (laughs) he's JT has a real possibility of having more. Now, this doesn't include rushing touchdowns. Daniel Jones is fast, um, and he does probably have a few rushing touchdowns. He has three rushing touchdowns in the last two years. Five rushing touchdowns in his career and 45 passing touchdowns in his career. So 50 total touchdowns in a three-year career from a starting QB who's started in 37 games. That's not great. That's bad. That's real bad, and he has 29 interceptions along with how many fumbles? How many fumbles? There's no way that's... What? That can't be real. It might be. No, because it says he had 19 fumbles his first year. I refuse to believe that. 19? Yeah, that's what it's saying. I, I... that I could be that, real. I heard he's I got that.
0: Well, are you going to verify for oh, us? No, it
1: says number of times fumbled, both lost and recovered by own team. These represent all fumbles by the player on offense, defense, and special teams. 19 19 is rookie season, 10 his second season, 7 this season, 36 fumbles, not all lost, but 36 fumbles total. That's bad. That's 36
0: fumbles, 29 interceptions to only 50 touchdowns that's that's terrible and as are his card prices i don't know if anyone remembers but every single year before the season everyone loves to go and find that 30 third year quarterback that's potentially going to turn their career around and if they do their prices go up well daniel jones has only been worse or just as bad whatever you want to say and the most recently sold 2019 prism silver psa 10 as of today sold for 86 dollars on ebay It's an 84% loss over the last three months. I can't (laughs) believe
1: you can get a starting QB in the National Football League PSA 10 silver for 86
0: bucks. And that's not like a basketball silver. These in prison hobby football, they're far more rare than the basketball blows my mind. You know what what
1: else blows my mind is that people spent a lot of money on Sam Darnold and Daniel Jones going into the season. And all they had to do was spend it on Kyler Murray. It, 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 that's the thing I hate about football. I like, I like football, but football cards, it's so quarterback driven and you can lose so much money if you pick the wrong quarterback. If you pick the right Josh Allen, Kyler Murray, you know, somebody like that, you can hit a huge obviously, but there's so little room for you to hit the right guy. Like you have, you have very few choices every year on hitting the right guy and the rest of it and ton of choices on hitting the wrong guy whereas baseball, basketball you can make a ton of plays and gain money on almost all of them.
0: Yeah, there's just not enough diversity when it comes to making money. And I I'm, I'm sure
1: somebody's watching this right now and saying, "What about wide receivers? What about running backs?" BT baby, there there's money to be made. Aaron can attest to that with Jonathan Taylor, but you know, it's like you can make money this year, is it likely he is Aaron's going to be able to make money on Jonathan Taylor next year. Once you've already made money on him.
0: Probably not. (laughs) Probably not. I agree. I I mean, you know, I, you know, I don't disagree with that about the whole running back wide receiver thing. Um, yeah, it's football is not a market. I, I I'd want to be in because even if you go with the safe young option in Patrick Mahomes, you lose a lot of money. Yeah. I mean,
1: who, who, who in the, who this year has gained their investor money. Kyler Murray, maybe Tom Brady,
0: which seems impossible to say. Yeah, Joe Burrow. Yeah, Burrow probably made people money at one point, but then they dropped a lot after they rose so much. Yeah, so it it's so the odds are just so bad. The odds are so I said the odds are so bad. Justin Herbert probably made money too if you're thinking about another guy. That's true, but it's not great. It's not great if you pick Mahomes over Herbert. You you're just like doubled down then. I know it's a short-term scope, but...
1: If you picked Tua or Jalen Hurts over um, Joe Burrow or Justin Herbert, you know, there was a time you could have made money on Jalen Hurts, but now there's quarterback controversy in Philadelphia. Gardner Minshew had a decent game, threw for 200-some yards, two touchdowns, won him a game, obviously against the Giants. Um, Or the Jets, sorry. But, uh, you know, it's... You you have multiple options every year and very easily the ability to choose the wrong options constantly, especially because it's usually the cheap guys, the Jalen Hurts, the two is that people choose because they're cheap. They don't blow up, whereas Joe Burrow's not cheap because he's the number one pick, and Justin Herbert's not cheap because he was
0: dominant last year. Yep, I agree so. with that. I agree with that. All right, Nate, let's uh, get on to our debate here, talking about two other cards that have uh, fallen in value. Nate's going to lead this one. And I have no idea what we're about to talk about, but let's do it. All right. So the debate
1: today is this. I've got two young players. Now, five years difference. Uh, Jason Tatum is 23 and Anthony Davis is 28. But considering it's Anthony Davis, I will accept the five-year age difference as being equal. Because, again, we're talking about Anthony Davis and we're talking about the Lakers. So we've got two cards here. Jason Tatum, 2017 Prism Silver PSA 10 and Anthony Davis, Prism Silver, PSA 10. Now, obviously, the pop reports on these bad boys are not going to be the same because Prism Silvers in 2012, significantly rarer than Prism Silvers in 2017. 2017, Prism Silvers, significantly rarer than Prism Silvers in 2020, and so on down the line. But Jason Tatum, since last year, now these these prices are going from 12.6 to 12.6. They've dropped 61% from $3,350 down to $1,313 for the last sale. So 61% change, a $2,000 drop. Anthony Davis, only four sale points uh, in the last year for his Prism Silver, but he's dropped 77%, and it has gone from almost 25 grand down to $5,750. Now 25 grand is astronomically high. I get that it's a $19,000 difference, which is way bigger than a $2,000 difference. Or change um, but the the percent changes are within like 15% here. So bear with me. If you had to bet on one of these guys, Bouncing back, not getting back to where they were because Anthony Davis is not going to get to twenty five thousand, and it's unlikely that Jason Tatum gets back up to thirty three fifty. If you had to bet on one of these young guys bouncing back, who would you bet on?
0: So there's what I was about to say. Are you telling me like, oh, I can buy like whatever it is, like four Jason Tams to one Anthony Davis?
1: Correct. Um, but let me give you let me give you more more uh information here yes sir Boston is 13 and 11 obviously making the playoffs is important Boston is 13 and 11 but there are a grand total of 10 teams over 500 uh the K- Cleveland and Atlanta are out of the playoffs currently at 13 and 12 so it's very possible that if Boston does not pick it up they could have a winning record and not be in the playoffs on the western side the Lakers are 12 and 12 in the 7th seed at 500, Dallas is 500 in the 6th seed, Denver is below 500 in the 8th seed at 11 and 12. Um I find it unlikely that the Lakers miss the playoffs because there's just not that many good teams. Um maybe a team like Minnesota or Portland hit their stride and take out the Lakers who are old and injured and covid concerns all over the place. Um but it's likely that the Lakers don't miss the playoffs, so keep that in mind. Celtics, potential to miss the playoffs. Lakers, probably not going to happen. Now, for their stats, this is where it gets interesting. So, Jason Tatum is averaging 25 points a game.
0: He's 8. been on fire recently. 8.8 8.
1: 8 rebounds and 3.7 assists. Um, Overall, numbers look good. Prices are dropping. But when you dig a little bit deeper... The stats aren't great. So I have some notes on my phone here that I'm going to read off to you. So overall stats look really good. 25 points a game, eight rebounds, uh, three and a half assists, almost a steal and almost a block a game. Nate's Uh, about to go like full on analytics guy on us. (laughs) Nice, nice numbers. But he's shooting 40% from the field. He's shooting 32%, by far a career low, both of those career lows, 32% on eight threes a game. And um, shooting 83% from free throw, which is right around his career average. Tatum, though, is 333rd out of 453 qualified players in uh, expected field goal percentage. 333rd. He is 290th out of 458 players in true shooting percentage. But he is 7th in usage percentage. So some of that, Sam, Slabstock Sam, if he was still with us, RIP, uh, he didn't actually die. He's just not doing Slabstock stuff anymore. He would know how to quantify these better than I. But um, he obviously shoots a ton. And if maybe if he had a little bit less, uh, lower usage percentage, maybe his true shooting percentage and effective field goal percentage would go up. Um, he is also... 142nd in net rating with a positive four. So keep that in mind. And a 108.9 offensive rating and a 104.9 defensive rating. So 333rd in effective field goal percentage and 290th in true shooting percentage paints a picture that even though he is getting his points and his rebounds and his assists, he is not doing it very effectively. Um,
0: can I bring up a, a devil's advocate like Nate always does to me? Yeah. Yeah. So I don't have the stats in front of me, but I have tracked his, his box scores throughout the last couple of months. And is there something to be said for his start to the season was way worse than the last like month and a half has been, we're only a quarter of the way through the season because no, I, can, I can get you his splits. So, uh, be, because I know in the last month he's been far better than he was the month before. Correct. Well,
1: so in October, he shot 427% from three and 78% from three throw. November, and I don't have a week-by-week value here, just the month. So he probably started slow up beginning of November and got hot end of November. He shot 393 from field goal, 336 from three points. So still not good. And average mm-hmm. 23.3 points a game. But then in three games in December, he's shooting 48% from Uh, the field 36 percent from three and 96 percent from free throw while averaging 31 points a game 10
0: rebounds and three assists so realistically i mean a lot some of that stuff's unsustainable like he's not gonna average 31 points a game the rest of the year probably well but you i mean he could (laughs) he's got the talent if he gets the
1: shots up and actually makes them i mean seventh in usage percentage but his true shooting and his effective field goal percentage were bad or expected field goal percentage um and so you know
0: bad. well let's move on to anthony davis's stats because we've just spent all in time talking tatum now
1: yeah 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 and we have to move to anthony davis so that we can we can compare the two yeah anthony davis averaging 24 points a game so about a point less per than uh jason tatum he's averaging 10 rebounds which is about two less than jason tatum or one, 1.2 less, and he's averaging three assists, which is like an assist less than Tatum, or half an assist less than Tatum. So, again, 25, 10, and three, along with uh, a steal and two blocks a game, is pretty good. Uh, shooting 52% from the field, which is above his career average, good. But here comes the uh, iffy things here, and I have his other stats, but he was kind of fine in effective field goal percentage at 176th, 169th in true shooting percentage, and 31st in usage percentage. His net rating is 308th out of 476 qualified players at negative 4.3. Now, LeBron is negative 0.8, and he's 250th out of four hundred seventy six. So the Lakers, as a total, are 22nd in that rating. I said to myself, well, maybe it's not really Anthony Davis's fault. Maybe they're just a bad defensive team, and he just kind of gets stuck down with it. But then I looked at Anthony Davis's offenses and defensive rating compared to the Lakers, and Anthony Davis' offensive rating was 105.3 compared to the Lakers' 106.9. So he was worse. He has a worse offensive rating than the Lakers' team does, which means that he's bringing down the Lakers average as opposed to propping it up. And then also he has a 109.6 defensive rating. The Lakers had a 108.6, which means he is raising the Lakers defensive rating, which is bad. A high defensive rating is bad um, as opposed to lowering it. So what it looks like to me, and I could be wrong on this, it looks like to me is that Anthony Davis has been a bad player this year. Uh, getting his points, getting his rebounds and stuff, but a really bad defender and not as good of an offensive player as you'd expect for somebody who is a center. Um, A lot of dominant centers in the league will shoot better than 52%. Now, they don't all shoot threes, but he's shooting a measly 19% from three, which is really bad. And something else interesting here is that, if I can find his shooting section, he is shooting... Thirty-three or thirty-four percent from ten to sixteen feet, and nineteen percent from three-point range, but forty-five percent from sixteen feet to three-point range. So, like very long-range twos, he's shooting forty-five percent. But those mid-range twos and threes, he's performing really poorly below career averages. So, either one of what I'm trying to get to, and I know there's a lot of stats, and I get that. What I'm trying to get at is that. Either he switches what he's doing and starts taking more mid-range twos instead of threes and focusing around the basket, and he should go up. Or you just kind of expect him to not keep shooting so poorly from three, and his percentages should go up, and he should have a boost in value there. So Tatum, poor shooting. Anthony Davis, poor shooting. The potential for the Celtics to miss the playoffs, probably not a huge potential for the Lakers to miss the playoffs. Who would you rather have four Tatums or one Anthony Davis?
0: I feel like I asked that question like 15 minutes ago. <laughs> I know, but I had to get through the stats. I'm just messing around. <laughs> I appreciate the stats. It's good stuff. Not everyone uh, knows any of that because I didn't know. I mean, I knew some of it offhand, but um, so here's the thing if I'm buying a player right now, if I'm buying like one $5,000 card, I'm taking Tatum for the reasons that one, he's a lot younger and just five years. It generally goes that your market hits peaks, not multiple times throughout a career when you like do good things, I guess, so to speak. Like we talked about this with Jimmy Garoppolo, right? Like his time's done and everyone knows that now, but you had to sell when you could. Now Anthony Davis is a different player. Of course he's a top, 10 15 talent whatever people want to say we've had this debate many times uh but the 2012 prism silver psa 10s like a, i looked up it's a pop 32 and it's from the first prism set ever and there's no way i'm not taking that versus four jason tames where there's thousands of them i'm just not but if i were to pick one $5000 card i'm going to find the best jason tame $5000 card i can be, because here's the thing too i think it matters a lot for like if you're the leader of a team and you play well and you take your team far, your cards go up a lot. Think of a Giannis. Now Giannis is better than these guys by far. We all know that. But Anthony Davis, when LeBron's been out, it seems he's not gonna be the guy that's gonna take him to be a number one seed or number two seed or go take him to the finals. And even if LeBron retires in like three to four years, by that time, are people really like gonna be like? Buying up Anthony Davis when he's, like, over 30, like, oh, man, this guy's the leader of the team. Now, Kevin Durant, people are, some. maybe I'm wrong, but Kevin Durant also has led the team in scoring, like, four times before this point. Kevin Durant is an animal to his own. Exactly. Exactly.
1: Anthony Davis Davis has literally no shot of being Kevin Durant-level player.
0: Yeah, I, I and that's and that's my point is that there's yeah. like not many you got to be like in these buckets of players like where you're like the best scorer like KD or you're the best all around like Giannis or you're like the young guy who's going to take your team to the next step like a Tatum potentially. And if you're not those guys, I just don't see a whole lot of upside and that's where I'm at with Anthony Davis. But looking at 25k dropping to 5k makes me want to buy that card.
1: <laughs> yeah, and 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 that's why I bring it up because I mean it's interesting. They are they're they're both somewhat young, but Anthony Davis is clearly not the face of his franchise. It's LeBron. He also clearly isn't trying on defense because I thought he was a good defender in, younger in his career, and he has he's bad this year.
0: Bro, people people actually had the audacity to tweet out with their thumbs and put it on the internet. Anthony Davis is a better defender than Giannis within the last like two years. They've said that. I've read that. Not not
1: this year. Not with that <laughs> defensive rating. 109.6, worse than it is than the Lakers team defensive rating. Um, so so he's not the face. You're you're correct. He can't try defensively. His offensive rating isn't that good. Um, Ste- the Steph Curry's of the world are have like a 115 offensive rating. Uh, Kevin Durant has like a 113. Jason Tatum had a 108. Anthony Davis had a 104, which is still above league average, but not 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 great, not spectacular. And no. some of that has to do with the shooting percentages. Um so all of that, along with his age, makes me want to go towards Jason Tatum and the four and the four silvers. But I agree the twenty twelve prism set, which I'm not a big believer in first year prism this, first year prism that, mainly because I missed out on the Messi and Ronaldo 2014 Prism thing that you told me to do and I didn't do. Um, so now I'm a doubter forever. <laughs> uh, you have that little glimmer, that first year prism, the pop report. And, and it's, it's a silver and, and it's a silver and the chance that, you know, maybe LeBron leaves when Bronny Jr. gets there or something happens with LeBron where he doesn't want to play on the Lakers anymore. And it's Anthony Davis's team. There is a shot there. But for me, that I just think it's way too much of a risk when you can look at Jason Tatum and say his team, for sure, um, playoff team, but then you get to the point where are we kind of seeing the what the Celtics are? Yeah, like, They've kind of been
0: the same thing for years. I feel like it's hard for the Celtics. The Celtics, I think, need to move on probably from Jalen Brown and get someone that compliments Tatum better more for them to actually become a top three contender in the East. They're not going to get there with the current format. We've already seen that. There's it's not like they changed anything drastically this year. I we mean, Tames, I think is get, is getting better and will get better, but that's not going to probably be enough to bring him up into that bucks heat nets area. So if they get somebody that better compliments, Jason Tatum, is it then Jason Tatum that compliments the better player? Yeah, exactly. I mean, I think we've had that debate about like Pascal Siakam. Remember when Kawhi left? he just wasn't nearly as good as when he was the complimenting player. Um, I, I don't think it's the same thing, though. Tatum's proven that he's good enough. to. No, to... no,
1: I, I'm what I'm trying to say is what happens if they get a player that's so good? It's no longer Jason Tatum's
0: team. You're saying that we're right back to where like Anthony Davis is with LeBron. Yeah, <laughs> it's a fair point. It's a fair point. I mean, so... but then again, I, I also don't think that winning is everything. Mm-hmm. I think it's the same thing like in baseball. You don't have to be on a big market team to, to make money in your investment if you can lead a team and you can be dominant and you can actually like change in some sort of the trajectory of where the team's going, it doesn't matter if you win the, the whole thing. Now it does maybe in a global like, aspect. Like if 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 the Mets do anything this
1: year with Max Scherzer leading that rotation, Jacob DeGrom, obviously, but Max Scherzer, Max Scherzer card prices are probably going to pop off because he will be the focal point to why the Mets were successful.
0: Yeah. And they the don't need to win the world series for Max Scherzer to gain value this year. Yeah.
1: Not, not, but they'll have to make the playoffs. Yes, but it won't be Jacob Degrom getting the, the you know getting the credit, even though he probably deserves it. It'll be Max Scherzer because he's the new face. Um, and there's potential that if they do bring in somebody new, if the Celtics are who the Celtics are, and they go out and get a Ben Simmons or somebody like that, and that person comes in, and they all of a sudden are a really good team, that new person is going to get all the credit. Now this is a very hypothetical situation, but I was going to say we don't know are, what's right. That's what debates are. Uh, you try to think of situations where you could find value boosts or value
0: lost. So we're, we're in the mindset that 2012 Prism, Davis, Silver, over four Tatum, Silver, PSA, 10s. But if we had to pick one $5,000 card, we're both taking a Tatum card right now. You're in the mindset of the 2012. I don't believe in
1: the first year Prism. I'm taking the four Tatums.
0: You just bait and switched me. I swear you just said it.
1: <laughs> no, I was, I, was, I was giving both points of view, but I'm still on the since we don't know if Tatum's going to get a new player and we do know that they are currently probably a better team than the Lakers. Um, Just from like a Lakers are 500 and they look pretty old and I don't think they're going to make much noise in the playoffs no matter what. Um, And you have Jason Tatum who's five years younger. I think I can make more money in the short term buying the four Tatums than the one Anthony Davis.
0: I mean, I don't. I think it's really close. Like, I'm not sold on myself taking the Anthony Davis. I'm literally just taking it because it's a 2012 silver Prism PSA 10. Yeah. Well, I have a question for you. What do you think hits first, Anthony Davis to eight
1: thousand dollars, or wait, nine thousand dollars? Anthony Davis was five thousand, right? Anthony yeah. Davis to nine thousand dollars, or each Tatum silver getting to two thousand? Yeah. I
0: mean that's a great question. I feel, like it's a I feel like it's a yeah, lot I easier. Mean, feel like it's a lot
1: easier to him to get to 2000 than Anthony Davis to get back to 9.
0: Not to mention they're all cheaper too. So it's easier to get a price increase on a cheaper card. Yeah. Yeah, I mean that's a it's a great point. I always I If you're asking me from the pure money making standpoint, I might go with the Tames like you just said cuz it's a great point. And that was a very good last point there to just uh, persuade me. But I I think if I'm like sticking something in my collection box, it's gonna be the, the 2012 Prism Silver Davis, even though I don't I'm not a huge fan of him at all. And hey, one more point that we didn't even bring up. You say it all the time: best available or best ability is availability. That guy gets injured a lot, especially around playoff time. So if you're not on the court when it matters the most, Anthony Davis. I'm talking about.
1: It's a um. Factor.
0: Here you go, Anthony Davis. 56 games out of 82
1: possible in 2018, 62 games in 2019 out of 72 possible. I think they only played 72 because of the weird uh, COVID COVID starting 36 also out of 72 last year.
0: Yeah. He was pretty hurt last year,
1: I think. And now 23 games um, probably out of a possible 23. So. At least he's been healthy this year, but he has yet to play. He played 75 games back-to-back years and didn't crack 70 any of the other years. So he does miss a, a, at least like an eighth of the season every year.
0: I would have to say that that's a lot of a reason, too, why this thing has dropped to five grand. I mean, just like Kyrie Irving's drop. You want to see the guy play. You don't want to see guys in on the sidelines. Correct. Even, right, even if
1: they're amazing I'll, and have won championships. Yeah. yeah. It's a, what have you done for me lately, not what have you done in the past? Unless you are retired and go to the Hall of Fame, then
0: it's what have you done in the past? Or if you're LeBron and miss half a season, that doesn't really matter a whole lot either. Yeah. But that's LeBron, not yeah. Anthony Davis. I mean, he, uh,
1: Anthony Davis doesn't have a shot to be Kevin Durant, and Kevin Durant doesn't have a shot to be
0: LeBron, you know? Exactly. Exactly. All right, time to wrap up this episode with a mailbag question. Sure. I appreciate the debate, Nate. Nice, nice research. Good stuff there.
1: He was. I will admit, he was a little bit of a doubter
0: going in. I, kept <laughs> I in was. Yard. Well, I was doubting because I opened up the note sheet and all there is is just the sale prices of the two cards. And I'm like, uh, what are we gonna talk about? <laughs> he was ready. Nate was ready. I was yeah. ready. Also,
1: I yeah. uh, if if that was way too much. If that was way too much. St- too many stats. Somebody let me know in the comments, and I will dumb it down next
0: week. Yeah, we'll we'll peel it back to have the two most important stats per player, which we maybe should do anyways. But <laughs> that's okay. We're all you know learning. Me, I like my here. stats. I like. Yeah, Nate, do, Nate does love his stats. He's he's right off more stats to me than I could ever say uh, anyone else is probably right off, and I'd I'd say eighty percent of them, pew, right over the head. <laughs> you know how you like? You know how you like art? Yes. somewhat. You like pottery? You are a
1: great I, potter. Yes,
0: I like art.
1: Um and. Uh... Painting pictures, right? That's what stats do for me. I'm not a huge art guy. I like it somewhat. I like the pictures behind me, I guess. But I'm not a huge art guy. But when you get a bunch of stats together and you can start piecing them together and being like, oh, this is this, and this is this. And I'm a lot better at, it, at baseball than I am at basketball. Basketball, I need a lot of work still. But you start painting pictures of guys and what they're doing right, what they're doing wrong with this, as opposed to just looking at baseline stats, which I think is cool.
0: I agree. I agree with that. Nice job. All right, we got our uh, we got our mailbag question here. We'll we'll keep this a little bit short because we have one quite substantially long today, which is fine. First episode. First episode. We'll see how it goes. And we've got a question here from Card Collector Eight One One Seven on Instagram. What value do you think card shows hold in the hobby? The pros and the cons, which is a good question because. This very well could have been, what's your favorite part about a card show, which is easy to answer. But once you ask pros and cons, then there's obviously something that's wrong with them, which there is actually problems that come with card shows too, more so than just uh, all the great things about card shows, which is amazing things. So there's probably my favorite thing about the hobby, not going to lie. been going to them since I was 10 years old, yada, 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 people have heard the story, and I, I just love them. I still do them to this day. I go with my dad, and it's amazing, and Nate comes a lot too. Very fun. I'm gonna give my pros and cons quick because I don't I don't think I need to be long-winded with this. Yeah. Pros. You get to interact with people in person, which is big. You know, for the last two years, I think people mostly sat there on the computer buying cards. Once you start to get in person with people, meet the people you're talking to, do some buys and sells in person, sales in person and do some trades. It's just a lot more fun. Uh, and it's a great time. And you also make a lot of memories. Like I don't remember, other than now at PWCC, because it's really fun buying cards on their auction. I have a great time doing that. I don't remember like probably 99.99% of the cards I bought on eBay. But at the card show, I remember a lot of cards I bought at card shows. Uh, number two is take some time, dig for some deals, and you get some good deals. Uh, it's a lot better, I'd say, than buying on eBay. Like I'd say over the last like six months, if you look at like, the amount of money I spent on eBay, this is not including wax or boxes for breaks specifically cards and then the month i spent on card shows it is so different probably the most difference been in the last three years for myself um and that leads to my con is that when people go and take all our money to card shows where sales aren't tracked and don't spend the money on ebay the secondary market is affected and i would venture to guess that it's one of the three biggest reasons why over the last eight months, and especially the high pop stuff specifically, because once you go to a card show and you actually visibly see every single person there have the same exact card, it makes you not want it at all. Mm-hmm. Secondary market values have dropped a lot in the high pop regard over the last eight months. If you look at the high end uh, you know, cards and the ones players are doing well or, or they're just scarce, like, yeah, those cards are still doing very well. The market's still very healthy in my mind, but it has adversely affected a lot of secondary market values for that reason. Um, so it's a pro and a con because I love spending money at card shows. By the flip side, we take that money off of eBay, the stuff sells for less and the cards become less valuable because people start to base it off of eBay um, and whatever other sale platforms are, PWCC. Um, and those are my, I think, two two pros. So many memories, so many great times with other people. Good deals if you do the work. You can't walk up to someone and expect you to hand you a $100 off coupon for a card. Um, and then the con is the adverse effect in the secondary market value for those people that do sit at home and buy an eBay, but they could present for good deals. Like if you're at home during the national and use track eBay auctions, probably could have gotten some good deals. Yeah. I, I appreciate
1: you saying that about the, um, the, the, you walk around a card show and notice everyone has the same card because when you're on eBay and you see, you know, six Fernando Tatis top PSA 10s ending in a day, you don't really think about it. You just scroll past whatever. But then when you're at a show and all of a sudden everyone and their mom has the same cards at every booth and then has a few different cards, it's like, I've seen this before. I've seen this before. I've seen this before. So my con, I have two cons. One would be it gets a little bit boring sometimes if everyone has the same cards, the same Justin Herberts and Joe Burrows. Nobody's whipping out their Jonathan Taylor and Devontae Adam collections. They're all just trying to sell their Joe Burrow and Justin Herberts and Tua's and Patrick Mahomes.
0: Can, wait, can I interrupt your I, – I don't mean to interrupt. I will say local shows versus, like, the regional shows, like your Dallas card show. But, like, that Chicago show we went to um, recently, while it wasn't, like, Deal Central, I saw a lot of really cool, like, John the Taylor collections, Devon Dam's collections, specifically because we were close to Wisconsin. But I imagine when you go to local shows, you get a little bit of different flavor. When you go to the regional shows, you're Dallas, you're right. All you see is the high-end MJ LeBron, Burrow, Herbert. Yep. So, that's my one con.
1: My first con, though, would have been theft. Ugh. Um, Every single year, you hear about... it was just at this last national. Some dude went through a bunch of dollar bins and was stealing handfuls of cards and sneaking away and then going to another place. And, like, other people steal high-end stuff, which is, I mean... So stupid. R- r- super stupid, because you're stealing a serial-numbered card. <laughs> so, so, if it pops up, somebody's going to know. You know, and somebody's going to find out and somebody's going to be able to track it to you. So ridiculously stupid, but still people do it. Theft happens all the time. Anytime you get money into a situation or expensive things in a situation where people aren't really looking, you're going to have sticky finger people that don't want to do stuff honestly that are going to steal cards. Um, It's unfortunate. It will not go away. It will never. Literally, it will never go away for as long as there are card shows, unless it's like a small regional card show where everyone knows each other. There will be theft. Um, so that's the unfortunate thing for card shows. The My pros, number one, Aaron hit it, you know, getting to meet people. Um, it's really easy sometimes. Maybe not as much for Aaron and I because we talk about cards all the time. But I imagine it's easy for some of you that are watching this to feel like you might be the only person that you know, you know that likes cards. Uh, your wife doesn't like cards. Your girlfriend, your boyfriend, whatever. Your husband, your... Your priest, uh, your teacher, I don't care who it is. They don't like cards. Um, and so you feel like you probably have nobody to talk to. So you come on, you watch a YouTube video, maybe you drop a comment, but it's not the same as getting to meet people in person. So now you get to go to a card show. You get to actually meet people. You can come up and say hi to us. You can realize that Aaron's 6'5", and I'm 5'7", and you'll be like, wow, Nate's so short. And you can say that to my face. I don't care. Um. And uh, it's a good time. We've met a lot of really, really cool people, really nice people, um, and just got to talk to them at our booth for you know, 20, 30 minutes at a time at the National, which we wouldn't get to if we weren't at the booth. And so now I see somebody's name on YouTube. I know who they are. I have a face to a name, which is really cool for me. So that's my one, con- uh, my one pro. And then um, my second pro is just like the vibe i guess <laughs> there is a vibe about card shows and they're different vibes they're different vibes you go into a small card show and it's really kind of stale and and you're looking through boxes that might not have been looked through in a while and you might be able to find really sweet deals and cards that aren't expected um in the national it's like a really exciting like everyone's here the whole card community is here uh there's gonna be sweet cards to be seen you know one of ones that you never get to see in person. Otherwise, um, companies that are going to be there. So, like, for me, the vibe is cool and differentiating vibes between big shows, small shows, medium shows. I mean, we went to the Chicago Chicago Spectacular. Not going to lie. Didn't love the vibe. Kind of hated it, actually. Usually, (laughs) I, I enjoy card shows, but that was a card show I did not enjoy. But the National, I love. And going to little, like... If you it, and I think it comes down to what you're expecting. You're expecting big things at the national, and it delivers. I was expecting big things at the Chicago Spectacular. It did not deliver. I'm going into a small card show in a bowling alley in Franklin, Wisconsin. I'm not expecting big things. So if you find a $15 card price for $5, that's a win. That's an absolute I, win I and a half.
0: That I love the last point expectations play so much into how you feel about a show. I also had big expectations for a Chicago sports spectacular until I realized it wasn't run by the same people as national it seemed weird. And then we get in there and someone's getting dragged up at security when they shouldn't have been getting dragged up by security. And it was just a whole big thing that started the show really oddly. And then there was not many deals on top of it, but I will say this has nothing to do with the people that attended the show. We used to, we saw a ton of our friends there and had a good time with them. It's true. But just in general, it's like, he kind of felt like that it wasn't very card focused either, which I think hurt it. You know, you go there and you, once you start to feel like that the show promoters are like all about just the autograph signs, then it's kind of like, eh, is this really where I'm supposed to be? But, and it's card guys. Do we even care about in-person autographs, anyways? No, I don't at all. But I know people do. I know people go to the shows for that reason. But just for myself, it didn't feel like that. That was and, the... and you, you, you should have. You should have.
1: You know, the ideal show would have autograph signers of major guys, not retired players from sixty years ago. Hey, Pam Manning was there. You got you. If you have, that's nice. Uh, <laughs> if you have new guys and then some, some old guys. You know, have your, have your. Joe Namath and your Brett Farf, and your Peyton Manning and your Joe Burrow. That would be sweet. But then also, um, <laughs> that's a huge lineup. <laughs> oh, no, well, I get it. I get it. I get it. I'm just saying it's nice to have a mix of young and old for autograph signers. You get a little bit of everything, but it's also nice when your card shows have some memorabilia, some vintage cards, some modern cards, some Pokemon, some whatever that new yeah. random
0: thing is. Nate, do you want to know what that sounds like? What's it sound like? Collectors Con to me going on this weekend in Tampa, Florida at the Tampa Convention Center. Jameel Millie Pop Shop is hosting along with others the Collectors Con, the second one. And I'm flying out today, the day that you're watching the episode, everyone, going down to Tampa, Florida to buy cards for charity. Thanks to SGC and whatnot. I have a $7,000 card budget. Very excited about that. To buy cards exclusively SGC slabs and raw cards to sell through whatnot on December 19th at 8 PM Eastern time. So if you're out there and you're wondering how can I help Aaron with his quest to help kids for camp custom and Nate and slab Socks, uh, please join the stream on December 19th at 8 PM Eastern time on whatnot. And if you're wondering where the money is going, 100% of the proceeds is going to camp custom. If you start following us uh, after the summer, this past summer, we did a charity night at the national thanks to the whole sports car community. We were able to raise $127,000 for Camp Castle, which sends kids to camp for free whose parents have or had cancer. So I'm very excited to do a holiday charity night and to uh, get more money to these kids during the holiday season and send more kids to camp. So please do that. December 19th, join myself. Everything's going to start at $1 auctions and SGC is throwing in 80 free card grades to people that buy throughout the stream. Total, not 80 to each person. That'd be a lot, but it is like (laughs) $2,400 worth of grading uh, for free. So excited about that pumped about it excited to go down and uh yeah that's all i got for collectors come but if you're in the tampa area please come or at least watch our video that we're going to put up uh so you can feel like you're there even though you aren't actually there but it'll be like you're almost there yeah should be uh should be amazing time i'm excited to see the uh video from it there will be a video correct oh absolutely it's gonna be a video i'm gonna start with my seven thousand dollars and it's just gonna get taken out every single card i buy and we'll see how fast i can get to zero and what cards i buy but super it'll pumped. be from
1: It'll be two cards, one Anthony Davis prism, silver PSA 10 and one Jason Tatum prism, silver PSA 10,
0: which are both not SGC slabs or raw cards like <laughs> at Nate hijacking in the charity night. <laughs> uh, yeah, we can dream. Um, but great episode. Very excited about this first episode. Nate, thanks for doing a lot of research for this and uh, for joining me. I hope everyone out there enjoyed it. If you have any comments, suggestions, what you want to see, what you don't want to see. I heard someone last episode say, man, I love your guys' content, but I can't watch YouTube because Nate just touches his beard all day. Uh, if you don't want to see that, drop a comment and Nate's going to shave it all the way off. Only for charity. <laughs> Only for charity, says it, and I'm not sure. I already trimmed it. You should have seen the pile of beard hair on the ground. I don't think anyone wants to see that, but we see that you have a lot less hair on your face. <laughs> the a big pile.
1: Uh, also shout out slab stocks vincent did quite a bit of research on this episode so
0: yes not just nate slab Stocks vincent our uh awesome intern who is at the national i'm sure you all have seen him by now on videos and in miami too but that's it episode one in the books thank you all for joining we will see you next week same time same place thursday on youtube and podcast be sure to watch subscribe like follow whatever you have to do and make sure you see the next episode thank you all for watching and we'll see you all next time see you guys